0: Welcome. 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 It is a beautiful Wednesday. I got to turn down my TV. I'm sitting here watching a little TV, just hanging out on a beautiful, I think it's beautiful Wednesday morning. All right. You know what? Sometimes I just think things are good. Like sometimes I just think that's good. And you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And some of you may not agree with this, and some of you may not care because you're mad at the NBA. But Anthony Davis, going back to when he was in high school, has always been a nice kid. I remember talking to him in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He was emerging on the scene. He had grown. He had gotten bigger. He had gotten better. And every coach in the country couldn't come to watch him because it was in May, a time when coaches couldn't recruit. I was coaching AAU. I wasn't coaching college basketball. My son's team, we played AAU game. We were done playing. We were going to leave. I said, hey, you want to just sit and watch this kid, Anthony Davis? I hear he's the best player in the country or he's emerging. So we did and talked to the kid. And what a nice kid. And then he goes to Kentucky and he wins a national championship. And it's like, what a nice kid. There's nothing wrong. He's got the unibrow. He embraces it. What a nice kid. And then, of course, he gets in the NBA, and he's got to become a thing, right? He's got to become a stylist. He's got to become a thing. He's got to do all the things that NBA guys do, and that's fine. I mean, you got $30 million a year, and you're 19, 22 years old. Hell, I'd become a thing. I'd become a thing right now. If somebody wanted to give me Tucker Carlson kind of cash, of course we would. And then it starts happening. Anthony Davis starts bouncing around a little bit. Next thing you know, Anthony Davis gets touched. He gets hurt. Next thing you know, and here it comes, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Charles Barkley. That's right. Nicknames him Street Clothes. And I got to tell you, it is truly one of the great names in sports. Street Clothes, meaning he sits on the bench in street clothes more than he plays. And I got to tell you, I think it's funny. I do. I, I think it's really funny. But last night, Anthony Davids did something that you are 1,000% supposed to do when you play for the Los Angeles Lakers and you are a big man in the realm of Shaq and Kareem and, well, and even Gasol. All right? It's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get in the playoffs and get busy. Really, really busy. And last night, Anthony Davis got busy. Dude had 30 and 23. He dropped five uh, assists and four blocks. Now, look, I'm not going to tell you that he's the greatest player and he's arrived, but I will tell you that he did what he is supposed to do as a Hall of Fame kind of dude. And I'm here for it. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I like it. I do because he's a nice guy. Like John Morant is impossible. And I mean, impossible to like, you can't like John Morant. It's impossible. You just can't. He's got guns. He acts like a two-year-old. He's a child and we don't dig on children. We just don't, we don't dig on him. But Hey, look, 30, 23, five assists, four blocks. I'm down, and now he's at the press conference, and for whatever reason, he's got to look like whatever you got to look like, and that's cool, that's fine, that's the NBA, and I'm all good with it, but damn, what a game he had last night, and what a game for the Lakers, they go into Golden State, and they win, now, hey, how about this, the Knicks shut down 7th Avenue, or the fans shut down 7th Avenue, we're going to get into what they did a couple days ago with Dwayne Wade and mutilation, but I digress. So the Knicks end up getting a win. The Knicks end up doing something that they 1000% had to do. If you cannot beat the Miami heat, see what I did there without Jimmy Butler at home, you got no business being in the playoffs. That's just as simple as I can make it no Jimmy Butler, you're at home, you've got the crazy crowd, the great crowd of the Garden, you've got the entire city jumping up and down, standing on their head and crapping snowballs for you. If you lose that game, you don't belong in the playoffs. In fact, if you lose that game, the NBA should come in and say, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. We're going to change this. You guys, Knicks out, we're going to bring back uh, the Bucks. Bucks in, Knicks out. Get the heck out of here. We don't need you. Enough is enough. Goodbye. You're down two zip. This is going to get boring. That's what the NBA should have or would have done had the Knicks decided that they were going to lose that game. They did not. And the reason they did not is because they got one of their best players back, Julius Randle. Now, I want you to think about this. This is what I talk about all the time with Indiana basketball and with the with the uh, Colts. I don't care how scrappy the 53rd man is on the roster. I don't care about guys number 10 and below in an NFL roster. I could care less. In college basketball, I don't want to hear what a great summer Logan Duncan had at Indiana. I don't want to hear about it. I care about the stars. I don't want to hear how scrappy somebody makes us in practice, or what a great job so-and-so did coming into the game for a minute. Uh Uh-uh. I want to hear about stars, and Julius Randle is a star. He was out game one, played game two. Now, why he was out game one, who knows? The NBA is so ridiculous with their injuries. They suck when it comes to that. But I got to tell you, So now you got a star back who drops 24. He and Brunson go for 55 between them. Now you got a chance to win some basketball games. Like, you guys get so excited here in Colts world. Well, did you see the unrestricted free agent that our team signed? Yeah, I don't care. Well, he's the next Gary Brackett. Yeah, okay. Whatever. I don't want unrestricted free agents. You know what I want? I want Shaq Leonard back playing at a Pro Bowl level. That's what I want. I want Julius Randle back playing with 24 in a conference turn or excuse me, in a conference quarterfinal. That's what I want. I don't need to hear about little scrappy coming off the bench. I don't need to hear about little shefties. I want superstars. I want studs. I want Quentin Nelson back as an all-pro. I don't care who they signed as an unrestricted free agent for right guard. I want stars being stars. That's how you win. If you're going to be any good in the NFL, Joe Burrow needs to be really good, and his wide receiver needs to be really good, period. I want to hear about the third-string guy. That's it. That's it. Sheesh, and we saw it last night. You want to go into Golden State and win? Yeah, 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 you can talk about Austin Reeves or whatever, but I need Anthony Davis, and I need LeBron James. You want to talk about a team in the NFL? You want to talk about the New England Patriots? Who's their superstar? Give me a star on that team. Used to be you can name a bunch. Used to be you had Gronkowski, even Hernandez. You had Brady. Are you kidding me? Defensively, Bruschi, Stephon Gilmore, you had studs. Randy Moss was there. Welker, all, Amendola, all those guys became studs. See, we get too fascinated with the bottom end of the roster. I don't care about the bottom end of the roster. And last night, it showed up absolutely perfectly. You know where the bottom end of the roster came into play? When Jordan Poole was the guy pulling from 38 feet or whatever he did with a chance to tie the game late. Jordan Poole is not a bottom end of the roster guy, but he's not Steph Curry, and he's not Klay Thompson. So next thing you know, you take your chances – if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, great job by Darvin Ham, the coach. He double teamed. Curry got trapped, had to get rid of it, didn't get it back. And next thing you know, from way, 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 way deep, Jordan Poole has to take a shot. And it's not a bad shot. Jordan Poole can make that shot, but it wouldn't have killed him to be about five feet closer. But again, superstars, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You know... You know, um, uh, you know, Indiana football just got that really, 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 really good running back to walk on, yeah? When's the last time a really, 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 really good running back walk-on did anything? No, I don't want to hear it. Absolutely not. I don't want to hear it even a little bit. I want stars. I want five star recruits. Why do you think we always see Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas and UConn in the finals? Why do you think they're always winning championships? Five star recruits. Period. That's it. And you saw it last night. You saw it and it was beautiful. LeBron at 38 years old. Now I'm going to tell you something that I don't even like saying. But LeBron James, to me, and it doesn't seem, it does not seem that it is so far out there right now. But if LeBron James wins a title at 38 years old with only one other star in this era of teams put together, including, including, you can say whatever, but including the Warriors who brought the former number one pick, Andrew Wiggins, to their team, I'm going to argue something here. I'm going to argue that LeBron's going to end up being the greatest player of all time in most people's minds that aren't stuck in the 80s and 90s. Now, I am of the ilk that it is Michael Jordan and it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's the ilk that I'm of. But I was thinking about this. 38 years old. It'll be his fifth title. Well, man, he can't be the greatest until he wins six. Nah, I don't know about that. I don't know. You win one this year, and let's be honest, uh, people are going to say, well, you're getting ahead of yourself. Of course we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you're already, if you're LeBron, up one nothing in a series against the supposed best team in the West. You're already, if you're LeBron, have eliminated the number one seed in the East. Now, we can talk about how scrappy the Heat are. We can talk about all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is, the number one seed on the other side is gone. Gone. And if you watch the Celtics, you go, wait a second. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know how good this team is. I don't know how good this team isn't. And they are down one nothing. In their series with a home loss, just like the Warriors are. I'm telling you, you got to look at LeBron. I understand Tina saying, or uh, Marby Dog saying he's the Bud Light of the NBA. He's the Bud Light of basketball. I get it. I do. I understand. But the fact of the matter is at 38 years old, this hit me last night when I was thinking about the show. Man, and you want to say LeBron isn't a killer? Are you crazy? LeBron may be the ultimate killer. He's like Magic Johnson killer. He doesn't kill you in one way. He kills you in every way. uh, Jim Eagle says, and I don't disagree with this, they need to reduce the number of teams that make the playoffs. The YouTube chat is absolutely pumping. Regular season means nothing. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I buy that. I'm going to tell you, at 38 years old, if that man wins a title this year going through the Golden State Warriors, mm, 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 I think a lot of people, including myself, got to rethink it. The most dominant play I've ever seen in basketball, I did not see well, was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's skyhook. Now, I was a kid when he was in his heyday, okay? And frankly, when he went to that hook against the Bulls, they were in the same division. Uh, the Bulls, I think, never beat him, and the Bulls and Kareem never missed. Like, Kareem never missed the sky hook when I was a kid. I don't know how you are. There were two things that happened when I was a kid. One, Kareem never missed a sky hook. Two, NBA players never missed free throws. That's the most dangerous thing that I've seen. Michael Jordan in transition was the second most dangerous. Michael Jordan in transition, you never stopped him, at least from my memory. He either got fouled, either got a bucket, or got both. Period. One of the two. Three. And LeBron James is the same way. Is LeBron a great shooter? No. He had an off night last night. Scored 22, took 24 shots, made one for eight for three. All right. But LeBron James going to the basket – is as dangerous as Kareem Skyhook or Michael Jordan going to the basket because he's going to get either a foul, a bucket, or both. And I got to tell you, it ain't too early to speculate on LeBron winning the NBA title because, frankly, who's going to beat him? Who are you going to take to beat LeBron in a series, four games, beating him in two weeks, If they get past the Warriors, I'm just saying, I know you guys think that's crazy. And I know a lot of people just by proxy don't like LeBron James. I've never been either way on LeBron James. I'm good with LeBron James because I knew him as a high school kid. I knew of him and his school and his coach and his teammates and, and everybody loved him. But I'm telling you at 38 years old and he's already up one zip. On the Warriors with a home win, that dude wins a title this year. You're going to have a hard time complete. Are you going to have a hard time convincing me that he isn't as good as the two guys that I put on top, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Michael Jordan? You know, there's nobody better to talk to after a night like last night than Damon Bruce. Look, Damon Bruce is the voice of San Francisco and it doesn't matter where he is at. And now he's got the Damon Bruce podcast on YouTube and you got to go. You got to subscribe. Look him up. If you have any interest at all in being smart, in common sense, in sports, Damon Bruce is where you go. Uh, He is the voice of the Bay Area and he is nice enough to join us now. I want to get into the Golden State Warriors with you D Bruce, but I just went on a bit of a rant because it hit me last night. I've never been one that says LeBron's the greatest ever. I've never been one that says he isn't. I've always said, let's let this play out. He's up one, nothing. And it hit me last night. Damn. If this dude wins a title this year at 38 years old, I don't know, man. My two greatest yours may be different in my lifetime are Kareem and Jordan, I never saw Wilt in his prime. I never saw Oscar in his prime. So I just got to go with who I saw. Damon, I don't know, man. 38 years old. This is pretty remarkable.
1: I think more than anything, Dan, LeBron is the single greatest promise ever delivered upon in sport. I mean, a, a globally, maybe. Um, you know, we 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 were always told that this guy was about to be the next great one. And then that guy <clears throat> rarely lives up to that expectation. Uh, What we're looking at in LeBron James is the greatest realized promise sports has ever given us in our lifetimes. I really believe that. And if he were to win another title, I mean, uh, you know, the debate probably doesn't even include another title for him as already now the NBA's all-time top scorer. He's logged more playoff points, minutes, rebounds, blocks, assists than I think, you know, any active player. And the guy's just... He's remarkable. He's an incredible player. And all of a sudden, the Lakers become very dangerous when he turns into their second best player. Last night was about Anthony Davis, I think, more than anything else. Anthony Davis, who is a player who, I mean, has been easy to criticize at times throughout his career. You know, call him soft, call him brittle, call him whatever. When he's healthy and he's engaged, you can call him one of the top five players on the planet, and he was the best player On the court last night, Anthony Davis, I think, is the reason why the Golden State Warriors are looking at a, you know, 0-1 hole now in a series where as a six seed, they actually got home court advantage. That never happens. That was going to be one of the reasons why they were going to get past the Lakers. But I tell you, I think the Kings took a little starch out of their legs. The fact that the uh, Lakers avoided a game seven by just eviscerating the Grizzlies in game six is uh i I think you could see that out on the court last night there were some heavy legs and since we're just kind of quickly going over all of it uh gold star to jared vanderbilt who did about as good a job keeping curry off the ball as i've ever seen in my life dan i mean it curry gives gives up the ball in the offense and that's when the offense starts steph curry is the single greatest player without a ball in his hands. I think this league has ever seen. I'll even include just a smidge of Reggie Miller in there. Just a little bit of Reggie Miller because he was so good coming off screens, but Curry is the greatest relocator. The NBA's ever seen Vanderbilt. And to an extent Schroeder did a hell of a job on him last night. And that's why the Warriors are looking up at Lakers right now. And I'll tell you game two, Quickly, without the math being there, becomes a must-win for the Warriors. They cannot go to Los Angeles down
0: 0-2. You know, it is interesting because Vanderbilt was a guy that people actually wanted, and the average NBA fan has no idea who Jared Vanderbilt is. And, and, and I mean none. And to your point on Davis, um, I went on a rant about him before LeBron because I, I I I knew him as a high school kid. I had a chance to talk to him great dude great and you're right like street clothes is the nickname that stuck with stuck with him but when he's right and he's healthy name me somebody better name me somebody else that's gonna go get 20 or excuse me 30 23 five assists four blocks I, the list is very short Damon
1: he is spectacular when right yeah when right is the part of the equation that has always been sort of missing yeah. for him though so Uh, You forget, you know, you kind of put him on the back burner. He's out of the conversation and you start to underestimate him at your own peril because he, along with the Lakers, have been tearing up the NBA since the trade deadline. Uh, You know, when LeBron is a great superstar, he's a terrible general manager. He set the Lakers back (laughs) by demanding Russell Westbrook's (laughs) presence on that team. Rob Palenka finally, uh, you know, grew a pair and said, wait a minute, I got a job to do here, LeBron. I'm going to have what might turn out to be one of the best NBA trade deadlines of all time. He completely rebuilt a team on the fly. And when superstars are allowed to be superstars and general managers are allowed to be general managers, that's how teams come together. Um, And so uh, the Lakers are hardly the team we were joking about at the beginning of the year. And they're much better than the team that, you know, we started noticing, hey, they're a little bit better. They're not just a little bit better right now. Like you were saying, they could be a championship caliber basketball team right now. And I don't think anybody really had that even when they started playing well after the deadline. But it's come together. It's morphed. It's gelled. They've had enough time together. Unlike the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant, who are just like this hodgepodge thrown together and then he twists his ankle in that layup line and they never get games together and I, I I like the Phoenix Suns a lot more next year than I do this year because teams take time they have to play together to get to know each other and the Suns all just met this Lakers team even though it's newly reformed I think they've been in the incubator long enough to now get each other and that makes them scary one more note did you ever think that Kevon Looney was going to become Moses Malone in front of your <laughs> eyes? What the hell is that, man? I I tell you, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is just uh, uh, you know a, a, an ungodly talent. He is he's otherworldly. But the reason why you know it's easy to look at the fifty that he dropped in Game Seven. Uh, Kevon Looney is why the Golden State Warriors are in this round right now. He's had three 20 rebound games in, or no, four is it five, five 20 rebound games now in the postseason. That's up there with Russell, with Wilt, with Dave Cowens, with I mean, with, with with Hall of Famers. It's like a list of Hall of Famers and Kavon Looney. He has just been remarkable. And there's a reason why he's been Steve Kerr's pet project since he was drafted.
0: Well, Steve Kerr's done a hell of a job uh, with his pet project. You've covered this team for years. You've been there through the entire run here. I got to ask you,
2: double I was there for the, the Murphy <laughs>
0: Troy Murphy, true story, for the entire last week when he was with the Pacers as they they were fighting for a playoff spot, had his truck packed. He did not want to make the playoffs when he was here with the Pacers. And the second the game was over, he missed exit interviews and he was back to New Jersey. That is a true story going back (laughs) to my first years. (laughs) Hey, I want to ask you, double team, good move, Darvin Ham. The shot by Poole, I'm going to give you my take and then please give me yours. I got no problem with it. Poole's a guy that made some threes. I would like to have seen him inch a little closer to the line instead of shooting it from, from me to you. But, hey, basketball play was made. The guy got a good look who can make shots. I'm good with it. You've watched this team way more than me. What do you think?
1: Jordan Poole is a jack in the box taco. I'll explain, Ooh. I'll explain. Ooh. It's either the worst best thing out there or the best worst thing <laughs> yes. out there. It depends on how yes. you're looking at it. Uh it can be it can be uh on its surface offensive and disgusting, but if you got enough belly full of beer that it soaks up, it can not only be sort of delicious, it's also medicinal. Uh Jordan Poole <laughs> giveth <laughs> And he taketh away. And remember, Dan, when the Warriors drafted him, who's the first person I texted? I texted you because, you know, you were all over Michigan. I believe your son was on Jordan's team, right?
0: Uh, He got whooped by Jordan, I think. Um, No, he was at Ohio State then, and Beeline isolated Jordan against Andrew. It didn't go well for the Dockage family, but go ahead.
1: Well, Well, here's the thing. Jordan Poole is everything that you said he would be. He's an adventure with the ball. He's a gunner with a a ridiculous amount of self-confidence. He's also out of control. And this deep into his NBA career, he remains all these things. Let me ask you, Coach, how do you convince somebody who reaches the NBA, whose entire career success is predicated on how fast he is, how do you teach somebody whose success is built on his speed to slow down? That's what Jordan Poole needs to do. You know, he needs to he needs to go from, from fifth gear into fourth. He just needs to slow down a little, little bit and start coming under control. It's the old, it's the old John Wooden. Be quick, but don't hurry. Jordan Poole is good when he's quick, he's bad when he's hurried.
0: You know, the greatest thing or the thing that coaches will always say is I'd rather have to slow a guy down than to have to speed him up because you never speed him up. I think Jordan Poole uh, is one of those guys that – I'm not going to say he's an egomaniac, but I'm going to say he has an ego and he knows his time is limited, so he's trying to fit a ton into the time that he has. You you know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to be out there 40 minutes, so, hey, I don't score in the first quarter – you know I'm gonna throw twenty at you in the second quarter. I got this time. I gotta get stuff done, or else number one, I you know, my numbers go down, or number two, I'm not gonna stay in the game. I think that will develop, but man, I, I like his swag. I, I think his maturity, and I and you can speak to this. I would argue that even though Draymond Green loses his mind at times, the Warriors are an incredibly mature group. With like the little brother of immaturity, Jordan Poole, hanging on like that. You know, like a like a Chad back in Florida in the in the in the you know gore election, just hanging on.
1: The dangler. The dangler. So it's funny, Jordan Poole has called him he's called himself the middle child because, you know, Kaminga and Patrick Baldwin Jr., they're the kids on this team still. Uh, Moses Moody kid on this team still then you got all your you know your older veterans and your your future hall of famers and then Jordan Poole is like this island unto himself he's the middle he's Jan Brady he's Jan Brady in that Warriors locker room and who he gets along with the best I don't know he's he's kind of a mercurial type of guy um it, it he he's always a riddle and you never know what flavor you're going to get. And he was having a very good game last night to a point. I mean, for look at it this way. Jordan Poole was having his best playoff game of this postseason last night. He finished with 21 points and he was the only warrior. Wow, oh, my God. Jordan Poole was plus seven last night. The only warrior uh, to come ahead. No, Clay was also plus one. But Jordan Poole's plus seven. And then at the very end of the game, he takes the two worst shots of the game, two bad times. He takes that left-handed layup against LeBron. He challenged LeBron at the rack. There was no chance that layup was going down. And then he takes the 38-footer when there are enough ticks on the clock to see where is Clay, where is Curry. Maybe they should be taking this shot at this time. I love his confidence. His confidence sometimes undoes his success because he gets overconfident. Um He is the -the jack-in-the-box taco of the Golden State Warriors.
0: Nobody around, and we saw it in Game 7 in Sacramento, obviously nobody around the Warriors world is going to be in a panic mode or play different or anything else. It's a long series. But I've always said this. I've always said you can beat Steph, you can beat Clay, you can beat LeBron on a Wednesday in Indianapolis in February or in January. But beating either of those groups four times in two weeks is a completely different deal. Totally different. And that goes even though you got to beat them three now. How do you see, based on your experience with the Warriors, Damon, how do you see this series playing out?
1: So they got to get game two, Dan. They have to because one of the gyms that Steph has always shot poorly in, whether it be a good Laker team, a bad Laker team, a good Clipper team, a bad Clipper team – is the gym in Los Angeles. You know, it's it's amazing that Staples Center almost sounds charming and quaint at this point. We got to call it crypto.com lost your money arena, whatever the hell that was. So um uh that that uh that's always been a tough building for them to shoot in. Um they they need to get right in game two, and then they need to do in Los Angeles what the Lakers just accomplished last night. They're going to need a split down there. I don't think you want to go down more than two games at any point in time. This ain't the Kings, you know, and with all due respect to the Kings, there, you know, other than Mike Brown, there's not a drop of championship DNA. There are drops of championship DNA all over this Lakers team. So they know how to win. They know how to close out, and they know how to play defense and rebound. If Anthony Davis keeps playing like this, That matchup, you can just basically wave goodbye to. The Warriors really do not have an answer for that. Kavon Looney was incredible last night with 10 points and 23 rebounds, five assists, but he's not shutting down Anthony Davis like he did Damanis Sabonis. This is a whole new ball of wax. So Anthony Davis and LeBron, I think, are going to be getting theirs the entire series it's turning the spigots off everywhere else. It's making sure that Schroeder doesn't go off on you. It's making sure that, you know, Jared Vanderbilt isn't, you know, the glove taking Steph Curry just out of his game. <laughs> right. um, it, it's 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 about, uh, you know, ma- making sure that Austin Reeves doesn't hit that timely three that instead of you being only down five. Oh, no, you're down eight again. It's, you know, little moments from Austin Reeves need to be turned off. You don't need to turn him off like a spigot for a whole game. But uh, Rui Hachimura is another guy. He's one of those guys, Dan, you don't realize how big he is until you see him in person. That guy's huge. This This is a tall tree Laker team. It really is. And the Warriors, when they made their comeback, They got Curry into the pick and roll. They put the ball back in Curry's hands because he was getting lost in the sauce thanks to the off-ball defense they were playing on him. Put the ball in Curry's hands, run the hell out of the pick and roll, and as great as Looney was, maybe you're going to have to put LeBron, or excuse me, Draymond at the five and go good old-fashioned small ball I don't even know what to expect at this point, or should expect at this point, anything from Grandpa Iguadala. But if he could get the tennis balls off of his walker and give this team 15 minutes in a championship <laughs> caliber situation, that would be great. I mean, Andre Iguadala deserves an awful lot of respect. He has also been a total waste of space and a wasted roster spot all year long. And I don't want to hear about how good of a you know, play defense, clapper he is. This is a Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr team. You don't need another, you know, uh, a guru giving everyone, you know, the secret, uh, you know, f- piece of paper and the fortune. Here, this will release you and make you the best version of yourself. You know, you, you don't need that for this team. I don't want to hear about, well, he's so valuable and, and the way he talks to the team <laughs> and the way he inspires guys. You need a player. You need players at this point. So if Iguadala can yes. actually get out there, that would be a really big help. And maybe, even though Steve Kerr has totally lost confidence in Jonathan Kaminga, you need some fresh legs and an athlete. And that guy's got both of those things going for him right now. So whatever he might take off the table, the fact that he ain't tired and doesn't use a walker, uh, that could be a reason to play him even though you might not want to. I still think this could be Warriors and six. I still think this could be Warriors uh, and six. They have never been bounced ever in the Steve Kerr era before the NBA Finals. I'm not going to say it's going to happen until it actually happens. So they got to start by putting this back together in game two.
0: Uh, Two things. One, I am getting closer to Walker status. I take offense at your constant barrage of Walker fun. Uh, Don't go tennis balls on his team. Don't go
1: tennis balls.
0: (laughs) At what point does Anthony Davis get hurt in this series and have to miss two games? And number three, and I guess the question I really want to ask you, you know as well or better than any, is this a quote last dance with this crew?
1: I don't know if it's the last dance for the Warriors because they'll be back next year. I think Draymond's back next year, which means, you know, th- they will be a playoff team again next year, right? And But Father Time is officially undefeated. We all know that. Time is not the Warriors' friend right now. And uh, I'll tell you what it is the last dance for. It's the last dance between Curry versus LeBron. That's what I think the real last dance is here. One of the... Our generations, well, you know, the younger generation's version of Bird versus Magic is going down one last time. And I really want to enjoy it. I'll tell you, one of the problems I think with modern media, Dan, and I know you love talking about problems with modern media, (laughs) is that no one can enjoy a moment. Steph Curry drops the single greatest game seven ever played on the planet in basketball, the single greatest game seven ever. And then the following day, the next morning, everyone just wants to have hypothetical debates. Well, is he now in the top three? Is he top one? Is he top five? Is he top 10? Is he top 10? Please feel free to marinate in the historic sporting event that just happened. Please feel free To enjoy a moment in a vacuum without expanding it to, well, what does this mean to not just the universe, but the multiverse where we can put totally bullshit, false narrative topics on the table for everyone to just embrace debate? How about you embrace a box score in Marvel at what just happened? I mean, Steph Curry drops... One of the single greatest games you're ever going to see in your life. And everyone's like, well, what's next? What's this mean next for Steph Curry? What's this mean for Steph? Here's what it means for Steph Curry. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which he was before he did that. Can we just marinate in the that without talking about
0: the this? It drives me nuts. No, we cannot. We must decide that he is uh, on the Mount Rushmore, as most media guys do it. Uh, and you're right, though. When you, I said this on Monday, or whatever day it was. When you do something in a Game 7, in a major sport, you know, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, that kind of thing, that's never been done. Ever been done. And that is dropping 50. And you talk about the NBA in particular. Will. You can go to Kareem or Shaq or Michael or Bird or Isaiah with 26 in a court. You do things that have never been done. That needs to be the focus. Period. That's it. Never been done. Doesn't happen very often, particularly with points in playoff games in the NBA. Ever. Like, if a guy hits six home runs, if Ichiro hit, or not Ichiro, if Otani hits six home runs in a game, you're going to be like, that's never been done and talk about it forever. Right. But maybe, oh, not. Yeah. well, maybe we got to no, talk about who's the next guy. Is
1: Shohei Otani better than Babe Ruth. Is Shohei Otani better than, is he better than Barry Bonds? Is he better than <laughs> da, 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 da? Uh, Can we just kind of marinate in what just happened? That would be really, really nice. And the whole thing trying to draw, you know, lines across eras and style especially in the sport of basketball there has been no sport that has evolved more and evolves faster than the sport of basketball and uh, you know i steph curry far and away the greatest shooter of all time i would take him over reggie miller in a game of horse for my life for the life of my wife and children I would take Steph Curry in a game of horse over any basketball player ever born on the planet in a game of horse. And having said that had Reggie Miller ever taken 20 threes in a game, much less a week. I mean, like what would that, where would Reggie have been on the all time scoring list? And I never even liked Reggie Miller, by the way, this is not, I'm not some closet Pacers fan or anything like that, but had Reggie Miller, played under the conditions and circumstances of today. Oh, my God. I mean, What if Larry Bird seriously got a wink and a smile every single time he took 15 threes in a basketball game? He never did that. He wouldn't take 15 threes in a road trip. You know what I mean? He wouldn't even think of it. The styles were so different. So to try to pull players through eras and have this debate across all times and talk about sports like it's a multiple Marvel comic book universe is ridiculous. People need to start learning how to enjoy moments. As a society, oh boy, here we go. As a society, Dan, (laughs) we have forgotten how to enjoy a moment. And it's usually because in the moment, you're not even in the moment yourself. You're behind your phone and you're looking at the phone. Fo- you're looking at the moment through the phone so you can capture it and what? Put it on Twitter or Facebook and tell everyone, oh, look at me. I was there. I was here. We've forgotten how to be in moments. And I, I, I want to enjoy it. I, I'm, first of all, I'm enjoying this moment with you, Dan. I'm enjoying this moment. I am Thank you for having me in this moment.
0: I am, having, I am having a blast with this moment as I laugh. Throughout this moment with you and I, I have laughed. I have gone like this. I have raised my <laughs> arm. I have made this. I have to. I got to run my tacos. Friend. I knew you were the perp. <laughs> oh, and by the way, true story, because we don't have uh, uh, Jack in the Box here in Indiana Whenever I went recruiting in Vegas, whenever, and we used to go every summer in July when it was really hot, guys would go to lunch. I never went to lunch. I went to Taco Bell, got a sack full of those monsters, put the sauce on, went back to the gym, and a smile on my face every time until until about five or six, and then they hit, and then... You know what happens know. after that. Damon, we, thank you, my friend. Go ahead.
1: You're, you're the best, Dan. Thank you so much. Is Indiana going to get this kid who just decommitted from Duke? Is that going to happen? Is that at least going to make my week? I think
0: I'm saying yes to everything, Indiana. Yes to everything. They're getting them all they're getting it done. They're getting it. It's happening. Everything good from Indiana at Damon Bruce. And go to YouTube and follow the Damon Bruce podcast. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's going to be along with our show, the fastest growing show on YouTube. I can promise you. Don't check on me. Just trust me. There you go. Thanks my friend. You're
1: the man. Thank you, Dan.
0: I knew he would bring it. It It's a perfect day to have Damon Bruce. Burgess Owens is joining us again. The senator out of Utah is going to join us in a little bit. But I'm with Damon. It is all about stars. I want freaking stars in my world. I don't care that Chris Ballard goes and gets a practice squad full of guys. Nope, stars. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. You know, one of the great things about doing this show is our team. Our team is fantastic. And every day I get an outline of what we're going to talk about. And we go through it and I love it. And today I would not have known this. Today marks the 12th anniversary. Did you know this of the death of Osama bin Laden? I did not know that. And this is Damon and Ryan and our Our crack staff here, not our staff on crack, but our crack staff getting this to me. The SEAL Team 6 went in and took care of the murderous, venomous, ridiculous Osama Bin Laden. You see SEAL Team 6 right there, and those guys are absolute heroes. Salute. I can't believe it's been 12 years. I honestly can't. You know what I remember about that? That was the first time, man, that I remember, maybe I'm wrong, that Twitter really spread news before the news media, and one of the things that I remember, and this is very odd, is on this day when the entire Twitterverse was talking about the death of Bin Laden and the heroics of SEAL Team 6, Mike Wilbon was talking about his problems with an airline. And people are like, hey, Wilbon, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, how about you stop worrying about some, you know, what? What are you worried about? You're worried about your travel. We just killed Osama bin Laden, the mastermind behind September 11, 2001. And you're worried about whether or not the flight attendant gave you cookies? I'll never forget that. It was one of the most fascinating things that I have seen in my life that entire day. It literally, I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting on my couch. And I wasn't like, now I'm all in my phone, right? Every day you get tweets. Every day I'm tweeting. I'm trying to make our show more popular, that kind of thing, through Twitter and through Facebook and through, you know, whatever. And uh, I do remember that. So uh, let's take a moment to realize the best of the best of us. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is SEAL Team 6. Doesn't seem like we get those stories anymore. Doesn't seem like we have people that in office that want us to be heroic, that want us to do things that are, well, what Americans should do, stand up, fight, fight back, and eventually win. So thank you to Ryan. Thank you to Dylan for putting this in front of me. That's why this is the greatest, most, what's the right word? I don't know. Fastest growing show on YouTube. All right. Uh, I don't support this, but I also don't support what Dwayne Wade and his wife did. Dwayne Wade was greeted with boos and questions uh, about his transgender child in New York days after saying his family wouldn't be comfortable or accepted in Florida because Wade has a transgender child, and he is a child. Uh, let's see the video on what Dwayne Wade faced. Hey. Well, at the Met Gala, uh, Dwayne Wade said he couldn't live in Florida or in Miami and went to California. Uh, because he was on the side of acceptance. What people are protesting there or questioning there is not the fact that Dwayne Wade's child is transgender. It's that Dwayne Wade and his wife, Gabriella Union, started this three years ago when the kid was 12. Look, um, the Florida legislature is poised. They want to shore up restrictions put forward by the State Board of Medicine that would ban gender-affirming care for minors, and that's what Dwayne... Wade and his wife are. And people just say, wait a second, this is mutilation. You can't get a smoke until you're 18. You can't drink a beer until you're 21. You can't join the military. Hell, you can't get a tattoo. What are you doing as a parent allowing a 15 year old or 13, 14, whatever it is at the time, to go get in people's minds mutilated? Now, is it my business? No, it's not my business. But it is my business if I'm going to listen to Joe Biden say that we are all raising everybody else's kids. I mean, if we want to listen to that idiot say and talk about we are raising uh, one another's children, then guess what? Then apparently I am allowed to have a take on this. I will tell you that in my platform, I think it is absolutely ridiculous that people mutilate children. And you can say it's not mutilation. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm just dead wrong in this, but you're telling me that young kids minds don't form until they're in their mid-20s, yet we allow them to get things cut off, chopped off, sliced off, basically mutilated before they are that age. It makes no sense to me. Now, is it my business? That's up for all of you to decide. That's up for you to decide. It is not for me to decide. But I make it my business because this is something that I simply, simply, simply think is wrong in our country. And if I'm going to have a platform, I am going to discuss it, period. That's it. And uh, Burgess Owens is going to join us again to talk about this very thing. Coming up in a few minutes. Um, Another unknown balloon was spotted In American airspace, what are we going to do? Are we going to do anything? Of course, we're not going to do anything. There is another balloon. The balloon is coming. The balloon is here. The balloon is ridiculous. The balloon continues to do what it is intended to do, which is gather intelligence. Let me explain something to you, all right? People say, well, uh, they're not gathering anything of importance then why are they flying a balloon? Very simple. Why are they flying a balloon if they, ladies and gentlemen, whoever is flying this balloon, why are you flying it if it's meaningless? Why are you spending the money? Why are you putting potential danger to your citizens with retaliation? Why if there is nothing in this balloon interesting? Explain it to me and I will listen, I swear. Please explain this to me. You can't. It's impossible. It's just something that is dangerous to the United States or we or they wouldn't do it. You know what? If they wanted to gather information, they may just make a call. But somehow, someway, flying a balloon over the United States gathers information, does it not? Yes, I think it does. So, honest to God, you people out there that say, well, you know, it ain't that big a deal. Well, it is that big a deal. Period. Period. Boom. All right, this is interesting. The NFLPA is warning agents about possible snitches within sports book operations that have led to recent suspensions. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is interesting to me. It's interesting to me me, because, ladies and gentlemen, I am a person that likes to bet basically something every night. It's not like I do anything. In fact, I have changed my betting style. I'm not public with it. I read, I pay attention, and currently... I'm up about $3,600, betting $50 to $100 bets every night. And I'm up because I am being smart. I'm paying attention. I'm not just saying, well, I'm going to sit down and watch this game, so I'm going to bet it. All right. All of a sudden, my betting thing, DraftKings, has sent me a guy to manage my account. Hey, Dan, this is so-and-so. This is Slappy. This is, uh, I forget his name. I'm going to take a look here. Nice kid. But I sat there and I thought to myself, wait a second here. Hold on. Do I really want somebody, somebody that is monitoring, looking at seeing my gambling? I don't think so. Hey, Dan, my name is Josh. I'm your new VP host with DraftKings. It's great to meet you. I'll tell you a little about myself. I live in Indy, big Colts fan, loved your show, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But do I really want somebody monitoring what I'm betting? So when I saw this, I thought to myself, man, coaches out there, you better be careful. Guys out there in sport, you better be careful. Me, what does it matter? In fact, I would argue that OutKick and others probably wants me to talk more about betting than anything else. I would argue that may not be true. I think it is. But the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, if this hit me, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're a GM, if you're in the game, I am not in the game. I'm talking. You better be damn careful. Damn careful that you don't have somebody out there that knows who you are knows what you're betting on, and then goes to somebody somewhere and tells those folks what you are doing. Legal for me, legal for you as an athlete, but I got to tell you, it isn't what you are allowed to do in your sport. And if I'm an agent, I am making damn sure that my player knows. If I'm a player and I keep saying a coach, if I'm a coach, I'm making damn sure, damn sure. So, anyway, that is that. This would be hilarious if it wasn't so sad. And we're going to leave, this leads us in to talking once again to the great senator from Utah, Burgess Owens, about transgen, uh, excuse me, about men participating in women's sports. I don't know if you know this. But there is actually a women's poker tournament series, just like there is a men's and just like there is for both. So a bearded dude decided that he was going to sit down in Florida where their anti-discrimination laws allow it. This guy right here, he decided that he is going to play poker as a woman. That's right. He is a woman. Right there. A bearded man takes advantage of Florida casino laws, and guess what? David Hughes, Davina Hughes, uh, won $5,555. He entered a $250 Ladies No Limit Hold'em tournament at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, beat 82 other female contestants. My man here is 70 years old. 70 years old. Now, I got to tell you, in my opinion, if this weren't so sad and a symptom of a bigger issue, this would be freaking hilarious to me. This would be high humor to me. This would make me laugh, and in fact, it did. I sent it to Dylan and Ryan today, and I just laughed. I did. I'm just like, man, that's some good stuff. And then I'm like, well, you know. It does speak to a uh, well. I don't know. It does speak to a bigger issue, and that issue is, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, you gotta look at it a little bit, and you gotta laugh at uh, a bit, don't you? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> come on, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can't laugh at it, but I know damn well that I can laugh at it. And you know the city council member in Indiana identifies as a black lesbian woman. He whiter than me. Uh, we're trying to get that guy on our show because, well, frankly, it's a great story. And he won't do any media, but he will do us. So my guys, Aaron and everybody, they're trying to get the city council member to come on our show that identifies as a black lesbian woman. And of course, you know, there's little kids, college students. Well, if you were serious, then we would be supportive, but you're not serious. Yeah. So what? Good for this guy. (laughs) Good, good for my man right here and good for the Indiana city council member. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Why would anybody want to divorce Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner's getting a divorce. He's been married for 18 years. All right. Speaking of transgender, Burgess Owens is going to join us. The great senator from Utah, he's back, and I'm happy about it. In a moment, we'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Yeah, he was nice enough to join us last week when I was at Harvard. The great senator from Utah, Burgess Owens, uh, joining us again, and I could not be more thrilled. This is how good a guy he is. He remembered that I was at Harvard and we were battling for a championship, and the crim, led by the lovely and talented and great Tegan Shaw got it done. <laughs> senator, you and I were talking off air, and yeah. I just ran through a story about a bearded 70-year-old male sitting down saying, yeah, I'm a woman. Winning five thousand five hundred and fifty-five dollars at a supposed women's-only poker tournament in Florida, and he did it legally. Are we at the point of no return here? That would be funny if it weren't so sad.
2: Uh, yeah, to say this, Danny, First of all, congratulations. Uh, we, we talked about uh, about how exciting it's to be a, a, a proud dad. It doesn't matter what school we're at. When you're champions, it's a, it's a it's a neat feeling. So, um, and, and and one quick one quick uh, uh, correction. It's Congress, but the senator thing, I'm not going to head in that I'm direction sorry. at all. I'm not, look, not looking forward that I'm at sorry. all. I'm sorry. No, no, well, let me, let me just say this. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting, the conversation we have today uh, that would not have been even conceivable uh, in our last generation. Uh, our last generation was, I call it the greatest generation, a generation that came back from war, uh, came back to build the greatest uh, middle class we've ever seen, to, to defeat uh, segregation, and get our, get our nation back to where we truly are looking at each other from inside out versus, versus uh, outside in, <clears throat> they would have thought this conversation we're having is totally la-la land. And it is. Because what, what happens is we have to understand what our foundation of our nation is and why it's so important to fight to keep it. Because if we don't, we'll drift. It's the way, whenever there's no compass, if you don't know there's a north, south, east, and west, you can go in any direction and have no idea you're lost. And right now we've lost our moral compass. Uh, That compass has always been based on four basic tenets. And keep this in mind, because this is what we're fighting for and this is what we're fighting against, the ideology that hates what I'm going to tell you in the next few minutes. This country is the greatest country in history mankind for one simple reason. We as we as as a culture, as a society, no matter how we get here, when we get here, what color we are, what our background, believes in the tenets. Those tenets are faith, family, the free market, and education. That's where true happiness comes from. You can substitute it with anything else you can possibly think of, and you'll find people running to the, into a spiritual desert, into a desert in which they're not happy, they have no idea why they're starving, why they, why they want to jump off the cliff, because <clears throat> you can't get away from those four tenets and survive. We have been under attack for a long time, and I'm going to say this. I ran into a, a guy yesterday. He ran up to me complaining about the fact that I say woke. I said, do you know what woke is? And this guy should have known better. He's older. <clears throat> He has no idea. When I said, well, Do you know what Marxism is? He has no idea what Marxism is. Well, if you don't know that there, we have an, an ideology, uh, a culture that is based on God, family, the free market education, then you have no idea when that's under attack. And, and, and what we have is an ideology called Marxism. It's been around for a long, long time, it's evil. And it's, we've been undermining our country for a while, for, for a long time. I it was, it was, it was actually, Mark, Karl Marx in 1800 said that the first battleground was the writing of history. So this has been a, a fight we've been after for a long time. So we're having a conversation about men, grown men, who feel no shame to go out and take a prize, a, 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 a lifestyle, uh, a, a whatever that honor might be for someone who is by design? Women are weaker than we are. Women have uh, have have other strengths that we don't have. I call it intuition. It's it's uh, the 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 pure love of Christ. When you talk about kids, the things that women have that men don't, and things that men have that women don't. And our role, very simply, as a man, as men, is we understand, and respect those those differences. We understand what women bring to our society, and we are willing to die to make sure they can do what they do best. That is give our our, our, our our culture a sense of of civility, of, of, of direction, of compassion, all those things that make us who we are today in this country is because of the power of womanhood. And also the power of manhood, the willingness to stand up for it. We're fighting, we're creating more whiners, weenies, and wimps than I've ever seen in history of my life. In my my, life, my 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 lifetime, because we're not telling our young men, it's time to man up. Fight, protect womanhood, period. If you do nothing else, that's your job in this country. If we don't do that, we're going to lose our nation, and, 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 and women will, will, will we'll look our and find out what in the world happened? What, what, what happened to that part that I've been trying to find all my life? They're not going to find it if we don't find a way to, way to, to have our young men uh, to man up right, at this point.
0: When you speak like that, and you know obviously Twitter or Facebook, whatever <clears throat> is going to complain about it, but in the real world, in your world, when you speak like that, is that celebrated or is, is that vilified?
2: Well, it depends on, on what group you decide to spend your time with and who, who you take your advice from. <clears throat> I've, I've been very, very blessed to have been raised uh, by a dad. Uh, told me he could care less what other people thought, as long as you have people's respect. And how do you have respect? It's your courage. You, you do what's right. You, you do what other people feel they can't do. <clears throat> and in my, in my world, bottom line, I have a remarkable family. And that's really all I care about. Uh thank goodness they're here in, in, in Utah. So whenever whenever I go back to DC and I speak my voice, like many other congressman people like myself, the blessing I have is I come back to a district that really leans in heart to what I believe in. And that's why I love supporting District 4 in Utah and I have a family that's always telling me how bad how proud you are because because you're standing up for the way you taught us as, as we were being raised. So this is the this is what we have to understand. Well, when we have a society in which uh, we care more about what other people, what strangers people, what strange people think, and we have no idea who these strange people are. And then we wake up and we'll pull back the curtain and realize these strange people hate, hate our nation. They hate the foundation of our country, and we care about what they think. Then we're about to lose the essence of who we are. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I have so much faith, uh, Dan, in the American people. I have so much faith. I look at our history. I see what we've done as we kind of leave this freedom bubble that we all live in, the freedom bubble that you experienced this last weekend. <laughs> you know, you go and you hang out with your family, hang out with your girls. You, 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 your, your whole thing is how can our team win? And, you, and and the entire team, no matter who they are, what color they are, you care less because you're all about team. We live in this freedom bubble. We're working our businesses, uh, working our, our dreams, and we kind of forget there's, there's evil on our doorstep every single day. That evil is we're seeing the chaos in our country today. That, that chaos that is put on us purposely by a president who wants us to have to lose hope. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's about destruction. Uh, everything we're going through right now, Dan, think about it. We've never seen, and, and I think we, we both agree, this kind of chaos in our lifetime where everything is upside down. Whether it be the border, whether it be crime, whether be men and women, whether it be black and white, whether it be rich and poor, uh, whether it be the fact that we have people outside our country that hates us and giving, and we're giving them space to do that and destroy us. Or that we're allowed the Marxists within our country, the people that run the NBA, the NFL, the Nike, who go out to China and, and use slave labor, uh, uh, Uyghurs uh, uh, put in camps and and organ harvesting. They, they get away with it, and as they make billions, that we sit back and we do nothing. Well, those things are gonna come to, a, to an end, because American people, once we wake up, we can't find a, a more uh, empathetic ser- uh, serving people, good-hearted people than Americans. And we're waking up. So I have faith, number one, that as we do, parents are going to start uh, realizing, first of all, we can't push back on this evil um, uh, Marxism. Uh, we need to fire the bad teachers and hire the good. There's no industry in our country that is that should be set aside for uh, an entitlement that just because you are a particular title, you you got it. If you're good, you should stay. If you're bad, go find something else. And right now, we need to find good teachers to work with our kids to help them to, to believe in themselves. So I have more faith in our country now because we're waking up. We got this small majority, five seats, and this majority is having so much transparency that Americans are realizing that we've been under attack. And just watch out, uh, as the, the admiral when they, they attacked Pearl Harbor said, I I fear we're walking a, a we're walking a sleeping giant. The American people, we the people, are waking up, and there's nothing like it when we do that. So I'm I'm excited. The next two years, next four years, we're going to turn this thing around in a big, big way.
0: I hope so. How culpable is the media in this?
2: <clears throat> the media is everything. Uh, the free media, uh, actually, you know, as we all know, our country has been very unique because of our foundation, free speech, uh, the the fact we can we can we have. Uh, we can have a faith in our in, in our Heavenly Father and, and the way we want to do that and feel free about that or not. So those basic rights uh, comes from the ability to, to speak, to talk, to have debates. Uh, we're we're at our best when we can talk to each other and say even things like, you know, we'll have to uh, respectfully agree to disagree like I did with that, that guy who came up to me yesterday who was upset that I used the word woke who he had no, had no idea what Marxism is all about. My, I ended our conversation and said, my friend, you know what? We'll have to agree to, respectfully agree to disagree. Let's go our way and realize that it's what it is, because you're not going to change my mind, I'm not going to change yours. So what the media is supposed to do is, number one, investigate, give us the facts, give us the, the understanding of what's going on, give us the truth, and then let the American people decide based on that truth which way we want to head on, head into. They now have gone, they are woke, they're Marxists. They, they, they don't, they, there's no shame. And when I say this, understand this, when there's no God, there's no shame. When there's no God, there's no compass. You can do anything and feel it's okay, and that's what we have now in our media. That's what we have in our bureaucracy with the the, the Biden administration. Uh, that's what we have on the on the Democratic Party. And would we'll say this to my Democratic friends: This is not the party you thought it was. This is the party that literally has been taken over by the hard, hard left. Those who hate God, family, uh, the free market, and education. They hate every single one, and that's why everything. you look around, understand that they're going after our middle class today by destroying our small business owners, and causes destruction and, and, and hopelessness everywhere. So I'm t- my Democratic friends, let's recognize we can have one thing in common. Let's make sure we give our kids a great future. And it means getting people like the present Democrats in office out and move and, move and get some folks. I don't care if it's Democrats, independents, folks who care about our nation, who are willing to put their hands on their hearts and say, I'm willing to give everything for my country, for my family, uh, for our future, for our kids. Those are the people we need to talk with, not these nutty fo- folks. They're trying to convince us that all of a sudden I can say I'm a woman, um, and I am. Or I'm a Alaska, a, a Mexican, whatever. Whatever it is I want to self-identify with, that we get away with, we're, they're trying to say we can get away with uh, with those changes by by saying so, and that's not the truth.
0: You know, it's a little bit, in a weird way, and maybe you disagree with this, but it's a little bit led by our president because I feel like about once a month or maybe twice a month, our president comes out and says, I was raised in the black church. I was raised in the Catholic church. I'm Mexican. I'm this. I'm that. I'm like, like, dude. We, the <laughs> Here's what gets me, Congressman. The blatant freaking lying to us, the, the ease with which the press secretary lies to us about the border, the president lies to us about who it is, that's incredibly frustrating. Let me ask you, do you see a shift in... Democratic Congress, Democratic leadership, to what you are saying, where the, it is going to slide over, it is going to be better?
2: Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't, uh, um, and let me say this, I'm, I'm sure there are some, some very good Democratic uh, uh, colleagues I have in their heart. Uh, what I'm going to ask them to do is uh, it's not just emph- emphasize being good, but emphasize being courageous. What I'm seeing in the Democratic Party is a lack of courage. Uh, they 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 believe in the centralized uh, uh, power. Uh, it's the way communists work. It's the way Marxists work. You have one great group of people, elitists, that tell do everything. If you if you go to to Russia, or you go to China, it's all the same. It's one place where power comes down to, and that's the way the Democratic Party has been working. That's why you don't you don't see uh, you don't see any any real cons- uh, conversations about things that really matter. <clears throat> Uh, and, and Dan, to the point you just made earlier, I was just thinking about this uh, just last night. How easy it is for these leaders to lie to us and feel no shame. And, and, and I want to make that point: when there's no God, there is no shame. When there's God, there's no God. You can do anything to anyone and truly think that you can get away with it because there's no consequence because you feel that it was the right thing to do. And when you replace ourselves with that power, anything. Anything in, your, in our mind is possible, including the fact that we can say that uh, girls, uh, men can be girls, and, and, and men could—all could, uh, that crazy stuff we're hearing is easy to say if there's no, no central um, uh, place of, of, of authority other than ourselves. So I think what's going to happen, the real change when it comes to our opposition in the Democratic and Republican Party is going to come from we the people. Uh, uh, American people have to, in particular those, the, the independents and the Democrats, you have to, we have to start thinking about this. What's best for my country, my kids, my future? Uh, how can I dream, get my dreams accomplished? And It does not come down to, uh, to voting on a D or an R. It comes down to voting on men and women who have the, 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 the basic um, uh, concepts, the values that we share that we think will get us there. So that means we might have to go across, the, across the, the aisle and vote for somebody else that we never thought we'd vote for. I used to be a Democrat, believe it or not. Now, that was many, many decades ago, but I realized they were not doing my race any good at all. And uh, I put my race first before my before, before this Democratic Party, and here I am. I'm with a party now who cares about uh, all people uh, because it's all about policies and not about uh, breaking us up based on our race, creed, or color. So uh, we can all do that. I will say this, let's vote let's let's uh let's stand for our country our values and not, and not for a party and i think we'll do just very very well with that
0: what do you think as we move forward with this whole male, uh, male competing against female the transgender thing, what do you think is going to happen in the olympics
2: <clears throat> it's not going to be accepted um uh, uh, th- this is this is uh <laughs> understand they were talking about uh Something that we've all understood from the very beginning of, of mankind that there's a difference in men and women. The science says there's a difference. Our common sense says there's a difference. So no, the the more they focus and try to push this on, the more illegitimate they, this 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 movement will be. I think for the gay movement, we have to you have to just take it back, my friends. You cannot let these 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 radical these radical Marxists take over the idea that we can all get along no matter what our sexual preference might be. We can agree to disagree. We can still be friends. We can all, we do all that stuff. But you cannot let a radical Marxist organization that wants to turn everything up, upside down to represent you and think they can get away with it and, and let's move forward. Uh, this guy, Leah Thomas, or whatever his name is, uh, he represents the worst of of, of, man, of men who can actually, as big as he is, as tall as he is, as strong as he is, Actually believes. And I think the latest statement was one of them said. One of these guys said recently that we should even be able to say that they're not men. That we should be legal to say that, that they're not men. This is the way. This is the way uh, totalitarian. Uh, this is the way. Uh, uh, I think the word totalitarian governments anyway? Uh, Marxist. That's how they work. They operate. They want to squelch our concerns and our th- and our voices. So uh, let's uh, cross the board. No matter how we feel about about our gender, do not let this arm of of the the gay community uh, take this away and turn it upside down and subvert the idea we can have conversations about other things that really do matter, that we can agree on.
0: You know, I I actually, to your point, I don't know if this is true or not, but (laughs) whenever somebody, me, you, it didn't matter, didn't outwardly support the uh, transgender movement, you were called a hater and you were called dangerous. You're dangerous, you're putting lives in jeopardy, violence by not supporting. That went for a while and then all of a sudden a member of the transgender community kills six people and next thing you know, it shifts to what you just said. No longer are they telling me it's violence against transgender people, now they're using legality. Now they're saying it's illegal. We saw both Dylan Mulvaney use illegal. We saw Brittany Griner say it should be a crime, both of which to me are laughable. Uh, It's not a crime if I misgender a man who has man parts, call him a man even though he thinks he's a woman. There's no crime there, but it seems like that's the shift. Does it not?
2: I understand what uh, these people are doing. They they use words like that. It's not that they believe it will ever be uh, legal, illegal uh, um, officially. What they do, they're, they're bullies. These people are bullies. What they want to do is get people, young men particularly, to be so afraid to stand up, to say what's right, to protect women, to go to work and say, "I'm guys, there's two genders, period. They want us to get to where we don't have to pass laws. When they make us cowards, uh, they, they, don't ha- they don't have to, to uh, uh, when they can cancel us and they can, they can make laws that say, you know what, you go to work, you just shut up. And if they can do that based on, on our society, our, our pressures in that way, then they have won. What they don't understand is they don't understand the heart and the soul of the American people. We do not like bullies. We just don't like it. I mean, it's within our DNA. And at some point when we realize we are being bullied or see other people being bullied, we then stand up. We didn't, we didn't do the things that we we're supposed to do. And I, I can't say this enough because I go back to things like Pearl Harbor. Uh, I think it goes back to 9-11. On these, these, sun, these, these sunny days when we're just out there doing our thing, enjoying ourselves, and all of a sudden we're ready to fight. We're willing to go to war. We're to, to to die for something. Well, that's, that's who we are. <clears throat> so know that what they're after right now is they're after not just women. I think they're, they're using the women thing as a way that's so crazy, so outlandish, that it makes the point. The point is, we want young men and, and boys to shut up. They they want us to to sit back and cower, uh, to to be little little to sit in sit behind little co- computers and think that it's really courageous. First of all, to to be computer warriors, and then we really want to go out and make our big deal. We put on the hoods or black masks and our gangs, and we really go out and, and say this: we're we're doing a manly thing now. Or we are get into these gangs; they're after manhood. And, and they do that by, by by getting us subtle messages that you don't say this guy that you now have on your screen is a guy, period. And and, and there's nothing you can say is going to help me ever, ever say anything different than that. The guy is a guy. And if we can say that and have our young boys that are now 7, 8, 10, 12, 16, 18, be willing to say, you know what, guys, <laughs> this is what it is, and we'll be honest with you and we'll be truthful with you, then we have gotten our country back, and we got we gotten our back to, to, to the point where we have – the kind of young man that my dad's generation grew uh, raised when they were willing to, to not only volunteer, but run after, run those beaches, go after, after these, uh, after fear, run toward fear. That's what we need to develop again without, with our young boys.
0: You know, I, before I let you go, <clears throat> I want to <laughs> run something by you because a lot of people feel, and you are the perfect guy to ask. And I want to make sure I have this right. Um, A lot of people feel this transgender debate, discussion, whatever you want to call it, is a smokescreen for bank failures, rampant crime, wide open border, (laughs) gun grabbers, sidewalks uh, with needles and human waste, the destruction of our city, fentanyl death, China ready to take Taiwan. Uh, We got an impaired president. A lot of people feel like it's a distraction, this transgender thing, from the things that I just mentioned. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Dan, you just you just nailed it. Uh, there's it's interesting. There is a strategy. It's called the cloward Pivot Strategy. 1966, uh, two Marxists came with the idea that if you really want to deal with poverty, what you do is you overwhelm the system. You overwhelm with so much, so much issues, so much chaos, so much hopelessness that the people, we the people, beg for the government to come in and take over. They beg for us to put in minimum wage. They beg for us to put in a welfare system that can take care of us. That's the way the hard left works. We work. Think about what we do, Dan. As, as we go out there. We, we dream hard. We work hard. We, we push ourselves to develop grit, and then we, we we respect each other based on meritocracy. This this dream power we have. The other side is all about destruction. They destroy everything they can touch and think they can remake it, because in their minds they are God. And they can remake anything better than he can. They can remake men and work versus women. They can make our great country. Why? By bring all these folks in, unfettered, uh, 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 unsecured border borders, and just went through a list of everything. Everything that this president is touching, every single thing, turns to chaos. <clears throat> There's not one topic, and I and I charge anyone who's listened to this, this conversation: name the one topic that this guy Biden has done that's given us hope that's given us, made any common sense at all in terms of how they approach it, and know that we have a way of winning. They want us to lose. They want us to have hopelessness. They want us to turn against each other. They want us to hate each other, because that's the way Marxists do It's evil. It's based on that. Anything you take away, when you take away God out of anything, what is left is pure evil that destroys everything that we have, and we're not putting up with it. Our country was based on a constitution, we the people, that all men are created equal based on Judeo-Christian values, and we will always lean back to that. It's in our DNA when we find ourselves wondering which way we go. So we're going to come out of this because we lean back on what, what has always been right, and we have God in heaven that's so always going to continue to help us come together as we the people when we're we're under attack.
0: Man, I cannot thank you enough for the time today. That's awesome. That is just common sense, and what we really are is just so lacking right now. What we really are is lacking. That's it's unbelievable. It's, it's but, stunning to me. It really is.
2: <laughs> Dan, Dan I, I want you to think about this, and those who are watching, uh, you experienced something this weekend that was so much fun. You were able to just kind of let everything go and watch the future, watch the hard work, watch the grit, and, and you do it with your friends around you and you care what color they are. What, it doesn't matter. That is America. So just I want America to realize, take every moment you can and recognize when you see America at its best, look at it and realize this is what we're going back to. And no matter what they throw at us, we're not going to take it. We're going to win at the end of the day. And as Al Davis says, and in, at, you know, as we all can go back and and, and know this well, just win, baby. That's what we do best, and we can continue to do that. So let's keep it going, America, for sure.
0: Thank you, my friend. Thank you for the time. I got goosebumps. Thanks. Awesome.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Take care, buddy. We'll see you later. Take
0: care. Hey, there ain't a, a damn thing wrong with winning, and that's what we do as Americans. We win, and this is the 12th anniversary of the SEAL 6 team going out And winning, getting Osama bin Laden. And uh, Burgess Owens is just great, and I needed to have him on. Uh, Leah Thomas represents the worst of men. And you can argue about that. You can disagree with that. You can hate that. Whatever you want, you can do. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, he ain't wrong. And there's a book called Wild at Heart that I have been promoting for years, <clears throat> and it's a guy named Eldridge, Etheridge, whatever, that wrote the book, and it's fantastic. It allows young men to be young freaking men, and it's great. And give your, give it to your son, give it to him. Man, man, oh man! All right, uh, when we come, that was awesome. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for that. That was, and I know the YouTube chat is bumping, baby. It is absolutely pumping. We got some what the hells that you are not going to believe. You will not believe some of these when we come back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You never like to see this happen, particularly to the victim, but Jackson Mahomes, the brother of Patrick Mahomes, uh, has been arrested on uh, aggravated sexual assault, apparently in a bar. He went a little nuts, started kissing, hugging. I don't even know. Next thing you know, he is arrested, was taken into custody, I guess today around 7.50 this morning. You never like to see that happen, but it couldn't happen to a bigger D-bag, at least in my opinion. What do I know? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Washington State, the state of Washington, a teenager has some class, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to believe this. I thought I was cool when my dad let me have our very used Lincoln Continental to go to prom because you know, I had the tux, I think it was like a peach tux, it was just horrible, with the ruffles and the tie and the cummerbund and the whole deal, and I got to drive the, well, the Lincoln Continental circa 1968, and I was a bad boy, but check out this video, this is from the state of Washington, this dude's got it figured out, he gets the ladies. A high school student in Southwest Washington is planning a grand entrance to the prom.
2: He hopes to arrive to the dance
0: in a tank. The Caymus teen says he loves tanks and stumbled across a Portland man who owns a street legal tank. He asked the tank owner for a ride to prom, and he said yes, so long as the teen covers the $1,000 cost. So that teen raised more than enough money on GoFundMe, and now this junior has high hopes for next year.
1: It's hard to one up a tank. Next year we were thinking rappelling with a Black Hawk and like, you know, that can. The only reason we didn't this year, I called the Air Guard. They didn't let us do it, so we had to we had to stick to what we could.
0: His parents were shocked by the idea at first, but eventually got on board. The teen and his friends don't have dates to prom, he says. But who needs girls when you've got a tank? So these clowns don't have a date to prom, but hey, they got a tank. All right. Okay. Nice. Very, very nice. Hey, look, ladies, you're not going to prom. I'm not going to prom. I'm taking a tank. I ain't mad about it, but I do have to ask who gets a ride to prom that isn't actually going to prom. My junior year, I told a girl, really nice girl, and I feel bad about it, that I didn't want to no longer go with her a week before prom. It's a long story, but it was because she had told me when I asked her that if I didn't ask her soon, she was going to go with her old boyfriend. That did not make Double D happy. And when you make Double D uh, unhappy, you know what the story is. Double D is going to let you know. You know. All right, uh, sports book in Ohio. Ohio Sportsbook halted all betting on Alabama baseball. This is very odd. Uh, Alabama baseball taking on LSU, the betting got halted. How about that? The betting got halted because of, quote, suspicious activity. Man, I gotta tell you, of all the sports, I think betting on college baseball would be really difficult. I've never done it. I mean, look, I'll bet on anything you want. I'll bet on most things. I just really never thought to bet on college baseball. College baseball scores, man, they get wacky. They get cray-cray, as the children say. I don't think I want to do it. I don't. Um, but the reason is there were all kind of different bets. Now, I think LSU won the game because, well... Uh, Well, they won the game, but they had to hold off a rally by LSU. The NCAA said the NCAA takes sports wagering very seriously, is committed to protection of student-athlete well-being and the integrity of competition. We're well at the issue and gathering information. U.S. Integrity, a Las Vegas-based firm that monitors the sports betting market, issued an alert to sports bettors, sports book clients, regarding suspicious wagering activity. Alabama's starting pitcher was scratched from his start because of back soreness. Ohio sports book weren't quick enough to change the lines and took a lot of LSU money line bets at minus 245 um, instead of much higher odds. That's from a guy that follows this. His name is Ben Upton, and Ben says it's a guess, but hey, I guess LSU lost. They were down 8-1, to one, or excuse me, LSU won. LSU was up 8-1. to one. It ended up being 8-6. to six. So, fascinating stuff. Like, now that I know that we're going to bet on college baseball, I might have to look into that. I mean, what the hell? All right. I like this. What could possibly go wrong when somebody is trying to rob somebody who is loading his car with gasoline? The answer, of course, is a lot can go wrong. And it does. Here is a video. Let's see. Guy just, you know, minding his own business. Here comes the rape van, the abduction van. Next thing you know, guy spraying all these guys. Oh, I like this. How good is this? That's a solid move. That's a very, very solid move. Costs him a little bit. But how about the brains to do this? Guy's going to pull up in the abduction van, white van. That's too cliche. You pull up, and next thing you know. Now, if the guy had a lighter or a match and he just wanted to flip it in, To the van. Then you've got an episode of NCIS. You got an episode of Mannix. You got an episode of Charlie's Angels. You got an episode of something good right there. How about that? I can watch this all day. I love when jackasses try to do things like, oh, I don't know, rob innocent people who are just sitting there minding their own business. And next thing you know, boom, here they come. It's pretty good. I like it. Smoke them if you got... Him. What if the dude was smoking, he just flicked in a little camel, no filter? That's awesome. A lot can go wrong when you go to Robin and this guy wasn't having it. Cost him a little bit. Maybe the gas station reimbursed him. I don't know. Man. All right. A woman makes a TikTok list of five ways you can support your fat friends. Here it is. Here's how you, ladies and gentlemen. Can we do that again? That was fast. I like it. Five ways you can support your fat friends. I love it. Go ahead and call restaurants to make sure they have fat-friendly seating. Communicate about stairs. Call ahead to ask about weight limits. Make sure your home has fat-friendly and keep your negative body talk and diet plans to yourself. Well, the last one, I suppose. But the truth of the matter is I'm fat. I battle weight issues. And this happened to Lee and I. It was Thursday night. We were in the big city. Uh, Maybe it was Friday night, I guess. I don't know. We were going to go out to dinner on Hanover Street. Hanover Street has these kind of, sort of, in Boston, uh, Italian restaurants. They're okay. It's like going to Little Italy in New York City. They used to be great, but now they're commercialized, and it's okay. It's on the north end. They're good. They're okay. So we walk into one of them and they want to put us in the corner. It's two seats. It's one of those places where literally we're sitting here. You're sitting right here. Someone else is sitting here, but it was going to be in the corner and it was going to be by a window. But Lee looked at me and she's like, you don't know, like, I got, no, I got to spread this out a little bit. I got to give the people what they want. I got to get big. And I always have to go to the bathroom. It's what I do. So anyway, I, I, through Lee, asked to be moved to a table over there. A little bit busier, a little more in the middle, but I could spread my business out. I wasn't so encumbered. So I totally understand, ladies and gentlemen, about, you know what, fat seating. In fact, on the flight, I don't know how we got these seats. It was a Spirit Airline flight, and they had the metal sides like we were cramped. We didn't have the... The pull up arm handles. You ever sit in one of I don't know if, I don't even know why we got them, but we did. Spirit Airlines, not like they got first class or anything. We're in like row three. It wasn't first class. We didn't have any more leg room, but we got that seat, and my fat ass was damn near too wide for that seat. I gotta, I'm exercising like a crazy person, but I gotta put down the bon uh, Here we go. My guy, Ryan Webb. Do you know who Ryan Webb is? Ryan Webb is awesome. He is an Indiana City Councilman in Delaware County. That is where, ladies and gentlemen, that is where uh, Muncie is and Ball State University. This is awesome. Uh, Ryan Webb, he made an announcement. It's made people mad. They don't believe that Ryan Webb is actually an African-American lesbian. Well, he sure looks like it to me. Well, why isn't he? He absolutely looks like it to me. What are you talking about? Look at that after picture. He's taller. He's stronger. I think he's an angry black woman. I think he is. The left is going insane. People are losing their minds, and I don't understand it. Look, apparently you can identify as anything you want to be. And he wants to be a black woman, a lesbian black woman. Maybe he could be karine Jean-Pierre. She's a lesbian black woman. It's worked out well for her. He went from just being an Indiana City councilman to a lesbian woman of color. You go, boy. Yeah, you go. You do you. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? You do you. That's the big thing among people now. Of course, it's an idiotic thing. Of course, it's a stupid thing. Of course, you do you is a ridiculous thing. But hey, that's what everybody wants to say now. So there you go. Ryan Webb, you are an American hero. I personally can't do it. I'm personally going to fight the other way. I am going to say, hey, look, there's nothing wrong, ladies and gentlemen, nothing at all about uh, you being a transgender person. Good for you. Yay, rock. Go fight, win. But you shouldn't do it, at least I don't think. If you can't get a tattoo, I don't know, Till you're 18, why are you able to slice your business off? Why are you able to get mutilated? Why are you able to have a sex change? I don't get it. I don't. I honestly don't. I don't understand it even a little bit. Maybe you do but that just makes common sense to me. That just makes perfect sense that, hey, look, here's the deal. Don't do it until you're older. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, Here's the deal as we move forward. I want to say that I do not like that Jackson Mahomes got arrested for aggravated assault because I don't like the victim. But, boy, does that guy seem like a complete D-bag. He seems like somebody that is just awful. I also want to say, they, and I don't know if I'm even supposed to say this, and I don't really care, but apparently Newsmax is coming out with all of these videos, hidden videos, from Tucker Carlson on the set. I think it makes him look human. When you're on a set, you might actually make a joke. You might actually make a, quote, off-color joke. You might actually say something that isn't accepted by everybody. Wow. How horrible. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That is so horrible. Hey, look. And then I would argue the person that's worse is the person that's leaking. I once had a lady tell me at ESPN... If I ever released all of the private on-set, it's called on-the-bird footage, everybody at ESPN would be fired. Everybody you see in front of a screen, black, white, female, male, would be let go because our society is so whacked out and so ridiculous right now that even the smallest thing said makes people absolutely insane. Smart. Here's some breaking news for you. Also, Joel Embiid is going to play tonight. Duh. I listened to all the morons that never coached that said Joel Embiid should sit out. Joel Embiid should do what? Joel Embiid should do, huh? They won one game. They being the Sixers. You got to win four. You got to win four freaking games. Four. Not one not two, not three. You gotta win four. So if you won one, that is not the time to sit out and say, Hey, I don't need to play. No, it's the time to quote, step on their throat and go ahead and win a fricking game two and put a lock on this series. He has told teammates, I'm back, Jack. So if he's back, Michael Jordan style, then we'll see what happens. But I got to tell you, man, oh, man, you don't sit the MVP out in game two because you won game one. If you are healthy, you play, period. Let me say it again, period. Well, you know, you know, uh, I, um, you know, I, I don't think he should play. He's he, we give him more time. No, you got lucky as hell to win game one in Boston over the Celtics. If Joel Embiid is healthy, then Joel Embiid plays. That's it. And I'm glad to see that he actually wants to play. A lot of guys don't actually want to play. Congratulations to him, by the way, for being MVP. All right, Jets fans are excited. Aaron Rodgers is killing it. Aaron Rodgers is throwing passes. Aaron Rodgers is doing all these things. He's showing up at Knicks games. He's doing, he looks refreshed. Let me ask you a question, Packer fans. How are you feeling about him showing up at voluntary workouts when over the last few years, that was the last place he was. He was not at voluntary workouts. He wasn't a part of the off-season program. And now all of a sudden, I swear to God, it's like a marriage. You get in your first marriage, you're married for a long time, you start taking it for granted. I got an itch. You don't do the same things that you do as you're doing a courting on the second marriage. My wife and I talk about that all the time. She's like, hey, let's not forget what you used to do when you were trying to woo me. And she ain't wrong. It's the same thing here with Aaron Rodgers. He was in a long-time marriage. He didn't show up as stuff. Next thing you know, gets a second wife. Oh, you want diamonds? I'll give you diamonds. Let's go to a nice restaurant instead of staying in and watching beef. I know how it goes. Last night I did stay in and watch beef. I got to take Lee out to dinner. I do. I, I got I to gotta take him out. All right. Let me give you the, I knew she was a dirt bag. She continues to be a dirt bag and will always be a dirt bag of the day. Gwyneth Paltrow. So Gwyneth Paltrow is just slinging it. She's spreading her legs for Hollywood stars, Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck. So what does Gwyneth Paltrow do? She does what every skank or disgusting guy does. She squeals about it. Gwyneth Paltrow says Ben Affleck was excellent in bed compared to Ben Affleck. She also confessed that Leonardo DiCaprio tried to make a move back in her day. All right. Alex Cooper, host of Call Her Daddy, said, all right, we're going to play a game, Ben or Brad. And this just means that she's a bit of a skank. Can we say that word now? I hate when people talk about their sex exploits. I do. Uh, let me get, think, gosh, they were both good kissers. Who was better in bed? That's really hard. That's really hard because, well, Brad was sort of major chemistry, love of your life at the time. But Ben was technically excellent. I can't believe my daughter's listening to this. Am I blushing? God bless J-Lo and everything she is getting over there, Cooper responded. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met Brad on the set of Seven. I think I was only 22 years old. Everybody knew he was the most gorgeous movie store in America. We said hi on the set, and it was major, major love at first sight. Okay. All right. But I just don't get it. I I just, you know what? Um, she also said, and I like this quote, about Leonardo DiCaprio. He was very loose with the goods when he was 19. Really? 19 years old, your name is Leonardo DiCaprio? You're a star or you're going to be a star? You're in Hollywood with all these crazy people? Duh. If you're not loose with the goods, I can't help you. Seriously, get loose with the goods. That's a great way of saying it. <laughs> All right, who we got with Wokadope? Hey, are you guys on the YouTube chat? Are you guys loose with the goods? What we got for Wokadope? Ah, this is unbelievable. Ah, I mean, this is incredible. I mean, so the Navy gets a drag queen out there. Uh, she gets a drag queen out there and next thing you know, uh, you know, they're trying to get a drag queen to get more guys into the Navy. Now our recruiting of our military missed its numbers by a bunch, but the fact of the matter is, uh, this ain't going to help. Like I don't get the world that we're living in, man. Uh, that would be a repellent for me and anybody that I know. Hey, look, they got a drag queen there. Come on, join the Navy. I don't want to be on a ship with a drag queen. Jennifer says, my life coach wants me to be loose with the goods, but I haven't followed his advice yet. Ruel Miller says, this isn't the Navy I served in. Honest to God. Like, how can so many smart people be so stupid? Like, if you went back the other way in our Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marines, and you went back to hardcore hooyah, hooyah, and all that stuff, man, you'd fill it up. Because people want to defend our country, but there ain't a soul alive that I know. Maybe I'm with the wrong people, and I'm talking about from age 20 to age 70 that would have any interest in joining the frickin' Navy because, hey, look, we got a drag queen. Hey, look. This is what you get to be involved in. Really? I don't want to be involved in a drag queen. Hey, look, I want to go to port, take a couple, uh, you know, take some penicillin and go see what I can get done. Brandy wears a braided chain made of finest silver from the north of Spain. Where do you think Brandy got that chain from? A locket that bears the name of the man that Brandy loves. Well, there's two things there. She got a locket from a dude that she loves, and she got chains and stuff from dudes that she stups. And there's a reason that they carry a shipload of penicillin on Navy vessels. They drag queens. That's what I don't want when I join the Navy. That's from Patriot. Linda S.D., my Navy dad would have been horrified, horrified, that's right. That's what I'm saying, it's horrible. Like what are we doing? Oh man, anyway, it is what it is. What's number two? This is where I live. I've been told to take care of the environment. Oh yeah, yeah, It's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now we're, we're we're mad, I don't know if you saw this, but the mayor of New York is mad at cows. The mayor of New York thinks that eating meat causes environmental disaster. The bottom picture is guess of which one, New York. Isn't that, un- isn't that unbelievable? Seriously, isn't that unbelievable? People who live there are telling people that live at the top one, what's right and what's wrong with the environment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Okay. You know, if you say so, again, and I think Burgess Owens said it perfectly, the world is absolutely upside down. It is 1,000% upside down. I don't see it ever coming back. It is totally insane. It is ridiculous. And I got to tell you, I don't understand it. We're worried. And by the way, there were 1,300. I saw this yesterday. When Al Gore was born, this was a great tweet. When Al Gore was born, all right, there were like 1,300 glaciers. You know, Al's always talking about climate change. When Al Gore was born, Earth had 130,000 glaciers. 73 years later, the Earth still has 1,000, or excuse me, 130,000 glaciers. You know how much money Al Gore has made off the environment? Just stop it. God dang, we need term limits. We do. We need term limits. We need term limits like we need a job. We need term limits. These idiots are making so much money. And good for AOC and Matt Getz for putting in, shouldn't have to do this, but they're putting in or trying to put in a law that eliminates insider trading among congressmen. There you go. There you go. Now we're talking. There you go. Jeez. world is nuts. All right. I can't thank everybody enough. Hey, there's a pretty good article on our whole team uh, in Barrett Sports Media. I'll put it out on Twitter. Hope you give it a read. Make me sound popular. We got to get the YouTube numbers up. It's absolutely driving me crazy. Or not the YouTube. The YouTube's always here, man. The YouTube never disappoints. You YouTube guys are great. The Twitter numbers, we got to get up. But we're so thankful for you to be here every day. I hope you had a good time today. I cannot believe what the Navy is doing. I'm sorry. But you guys and gals that served in the Navy, if you had to sit there and look at a transgender or a drag queen as your, your recruitment I don't know what, calendar? Who would join that? Who would join that? Man, uh, Linda SD, thank you so much. Jen, thank you so much for being here. All of you guys and gals that participated, you guys are absolutely freaking awesome. I thank all of you. Have a great, great afternoon. Uh, The weather in Indy looks like it is going to break a little bit. I actually see sun is shining. So get out, roll around the grass. It is May and outside sex starts today. Have a great day.